like anything could happen in this sanctuary right now it feels like sickness could be healed in the building right now it feels like God could make a way where there is no way uh, in the building right now high five about eight people on the way to your seat and tell them anything can happen anything can happen Anything can happen. Woo! My God can save by many uh, and he can save by few. Uh, my God will knock out an entire nation uh, with bugs. Uh, my God can destroy an entire army uh, just by changing the weather patterns. Uh, my God can bring me victory uh, and cause me to fly out uh, on eagle's wings uh, despite what the enemy says, uh, despite what the enemy does. Uh, my God is able. Uh, I just need about 300 people that believe uh, that you serve a God that can do anything uh, to open up your mouth and give him uh, a shout of praise. He can do anything. He can do anything. Somebody ought to declare there's nothing too hard for my God. Somebody ought to declare there's nothing impossible for the God that I Shout yeah! Clap your hands one more time and give him praise. We can try one more time to be seated this morning. Ain't no telling what could happen in the next few minutes in this building. Anybody got a testimony that God's been good to you this week? I mean a testimony you ain't ashamed to give him praise for. I'm talking about a testimony uh, that'll cause you to dance, shout, and run uh, and not worry about what you look like uh, kind of testimony. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I need you to get in agreement with your neighbor this morning. Tell him neighbor. Tell him neighbor. Tell him I don't mind if you sit there this morning with your arms crossed and your legs crossed and your eyes crossed. As long as you don't mind if I step over your designer purse and your cute little shoes to get out in the aisle and give my God some praise. Everything gonna work out all right. I know you came dressed in your Sunday best, but somebody ought to kick your shoes off and just give him a little praise.
Hallelujah. Why y'all acting so crazy on Sunday morning? Don't you know you're supposed to be dignified? Don't you know you're supposed to look cute and collected and calm this morning? Why y'all acting so crazy in the building today? My God. You can be seated for just a few moments. I want to take a brief opportunity to give a great big welcome this morning to all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord. Rock Church, would you help me one more time? Put your hands together. Let me borrow your voice and show some love to all of our guests that are in the house. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you are a first-time guest here at the Rock Church, you should have received a VIP invitation card that looks like this when you walk through the front doors this morning. If you're here for the first time and you did not receive one of these, if you would just slip your hand in the air very quickly, one of our staff members will bring one to you. But this is your invitation to join us immediately after the service in our VIP room. Of course, we know VIP stands for very important person. And we want you to know if you're a first time guest that you are a very important person here at the Rock Church today. And uh, we've got some light refreshments and a small gift that we'd like to give you just as a token of our appreciation uh, having you here in the house of the Lord with us today. Amen, somebody. Amen. I want to say what an awesome privilege it is uh, to have a handful of people that I see here this morning all the way from New Life in Birmingham that are hanging out with us after the wedding. Would you show them some Rock Church love this morning? Pastor Stephen Collins, Bishop Barry Sutton, New Life Church. Amen. So wonderful to have you in the house of the Lord with us. So awesome to look up and see brother and sister Hoffer in the house of the Lord this morning. This is their second home. Show them some welcome home love this morning. Amen. And uh, looked over this morning and saw uh, Brother Jerry and Wilson with us this morning. So good to have this awesome young man of God in the house of the Lord with us today. And, uh, and then I want to say how absolutely excited we are to have the Collins family finally moved home. Come on, let's get, give God a praise for keeping his hand upon them. Amen. Brother and Sister Collins, Sister Sierra, Brother Devin, we love you all so, so much. And uh, we are so excited about everything that God has in store. Amen. And uh, we're so excited that they're here. How many of you have been blessed by what God's been doing this week? Anybody been blessed by what God's been doing in this house? Amen. Let's not forget that the last Sunday of October, they've already announced it, is All Nations Sunday. Woo! It's going to be awesome. We want you to get prepared to be involved. If you've never been here for an All Nations Sunday, the building will be overflowing head to toe. One of our largest services, if not the largest service of the year. 
and we want everybody to participate. There's going to be an opportunity for you to join up with different groups and teams of people that are going to be representing different countries, and uh, you'll be looking for information shortly, but I want you to be praying about that, getting geared up uh, to be a part of one of the most awesome weekends that we have. How many of you thank God for the revival that just keeps unfolding here at the Rock Church? Last week, Daryl was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Carl was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Jaden was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Jordan was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Jakira was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Kimmy was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Tarika was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Saeed was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And there's no telling before we leave this place today uh, how many more are going to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to give God praise uh, for an outpouring of revival and for the harvest uh, that is unfolding in this house. Amen. Stand with me if you would all across this building as we prepare for the entrance of God's Word into this place, it is a distinct honor this morning, uh, a signal honor to have Bishop and Lady Sutton with us all the way from Birmingham, Alabama. Rock Church, I need you to show them a great big welcome and love this morning. So, so honored to have them in the house of the Lord and uh, Bishop Sutton, I had the privilege of connecting with him some many years ago. I don't remember how long it's been. And uh, I think it was at a no limits way, 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 way back in the day. And um, he has been such a source of inspiration and blessing uh, his ministry over the years. And then in the past several years, I've had the privilege of becoming much uh, greater acquainted with him and the amazing people of New Life in, in Birmingham and have had the privilege of ministering there in that incredible assembly many, many times. And uh, we count it such a privilege and honor, Bishop, that you would take time out of your busy schedule to be here with us this weekend. And uh, we know you're going to preach so much better with Lady Sutton here in the house of the Lord with you today. We're honored that she's with him. Bishop, we're ready to obey the Holy Ghost. If God wants us to swing from the lights, we're ready to do that. If he wants us to get on our face and repent, we're ready this morning. How many of you excited about the word of the Lord today? Would you put your hands together and give God one more praise? Come on, open up your mouth and give God a shout of praise as Bishop Sutton comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us. Come on, Bishop. And everybody said amen. You folks are on fire. I love you, church. I love your pastor and his wife. We love what God is doing here. So glad to see some of our new lifers here. I asked them if they felt at home, and they do. I also ask them, do you think you've ever been anywhere that was louder than New Life? <laughs> they said, we never thought we would. <clears throat> but we may be now. And the Hoffers, wonderful people. 
wonderful ministries, one of the most profound outlier ministries in the whole apostolic church today. And we love and appreciate that ministry and brother and sister Hoffer. Can you say praise the Lord? Appreciate so much, uh, brother and sister Williams, and uh, the invitation to be here. What a great job uh, the Rock Church did at that wedding yesterday, and how you supported your your church family, supported and and helped, and um, and it's one of the most remarkable receptions I've ever been to, where. Um, where the church just broke into song and the Holy Ghost began to move in the reception. I've been to a lot of receptions, but that, that almost turned into church right there. And you may not know, but there was a lady there, a grandmother of, of uh, the, the bride, uh, the groom, and uh, when you were having them lift their hands and wave their hands. She was lifting high and waving, and this is a very new cultural experience to her. And uh, something was going on there in the Holy Ghost. So we can do about 10 things all at the same time when we're walking in the Holy Ghost. Everybody said amen. Praise God. Well, it's so excellent to be uh, a part of your service this morning. Want to want to walk in the Holy Ghost today. Want to do what God says to do. And I know that you're hungry for that. If you're a guest here, if I lived in Fort Myers, this is where I would go to church. This is where I would be. Somebody say praise God. Well, we're reading this morning from First Chronicles chapter four, and we'll read verses nine and ten. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Praise God. If you love his word today, as you're seated, let's give God a shout of praise and thanks and clap your hands, lift your voice and magnify him. He's worthy. He's worthy. We thank you, Lord God, for your word today. Make it rich in our lives. Grant us wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And all the people said amen. Praise God. Now, as we're as we're making our way into this this morning, I want to talk to you for just a second about the fact that everybody in the house today has destiny. Everybody in the house today is moving inexorably toward the end of days, and along the way, we're moving toward what we will accomplish, what we will win, what we will lose, what we will conquer what we will be defeated by. We're moving in that direction and the days unfold before us and the days unfold as you make choices in your life. And to each of us, God has given something. Within your heart, within your spirit, you have something today that is stronger than heaven. You have something today that is stronger than hell. 
Because the devil can't take you anywhere that you don't want to go. Now you can blame it on him, but that's a lie. And God will not take you somewhere without your compliance. Because when he made you, he made you in his image. He made you after his likeness. And he put within you the creative power of God. You are made in the Imago Dei. You are made in the image of God. And we speak. Nothing else speaks. Dolphins don't speak. Animals may communicate in many ways, but nothing on earth speaks like God speaks. And I want you to know what he's given you. He's given you free moral agency so you can do anything you want to with it. But he gave you the will and he gave you the speech because he wanted you to have capacity and access to the logos which by which he made all things. By which all things consist. And so... God gave you that power to speak forth the logos and for us to speak together in a dialogos, a dialogue. When We're having one right now. We're having one right now. I'm saying we're having it and you're saying amen. And here we go. We're back and forth. We're dialoguing. And we're, we could be down at the bar doing this or at the crack house doing this. We could be talking, using that, wasting that on a lot of other things. But we're not. We're in the house of God. And here we are. And we are back and forth with the logos. And in that is the same power that overshadowed the darkness and the chaos and brought forth the word of God and brought forth light and brought forth every living thing. That's why everything in creation is responsive to the word of God because it all came forth from the word of God. And you are an ambassador or an emissary of another world and you have the power to walk in that creative my God, that's why he said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Because that, you got a name on your life. What's that name? You got a word in your life. So the proposition is that as you are here, church folks, first time visitor, whoever you are here tonight, today, you have destiny in your life unfolding before you but you have absolute control over it the giants don't matter the sickness doesn't matter the enemy doesn't matter the weapon that is formed against you doesn't matter because if you determine, I will live for God. If somebody has that in your heart, why don't you shout it? I will live for God. Then you will. And you can. Si se puede. 
you're able to live for God. Somebody say praise God. So, so you have control, this wonderful capacity for will in your life and control over your destiny. And so destiny is not something that is fated unto you. It's not something that somebody else planted. You hear all the victim talk today, all the victim status talk, and it's a huge conversation in our culture, but that's straight out of the pit of hell. You're not a victim. You were made to be a victor. You weren't made to be a pauper. You were made to be a child of God. You weren't made to be a slave. You were made to be free men and women in the kingdom of God. Somebody ought to shout that. I am not a victim. Never will I be a victim. Because God has given me everything that I need. Does anybody believe that? So, she named him Jabez, and Jabez means he makes sorrowful. Mom was having a rough time. She said, you're doing this to me. I'm going to hang that around your neck for the rest of your life. I'm suffering now, but you're going to suffer every day with this. You may know about mama's love, but you better read up on Oedipal, mama. There is no love like mama's love, and there's no wickedness like mama's wickedness. Mama, mama can put you in a little boat when you're just a baby and ship you off to hell. No offense, mama. I'm just saying you got great power. And when you have great power, you're like Abraham. You got great power to do good greatly. But you also have great power to do great harm. When you're all by yourself and you don't have any power, you can't do much anything either way. But mamas have lots of power. Anyway, she projects her pain on him. and She, she projects this disappointment with life on him. And this kid is pain. This kid is sorrowful. You make me sorrowful. So every time she called him to the table, hey, you make me sorrowful. Come on and eat. Every time she picked him up out of whatever he had gotten into, she said, hey, you make me sorrowful. Let's go back to the house. And when he grew, he knew this because he knew the language. And he said, my mom says, that I am a pain. My mom says, I am a source of sorrow. So I don't know how you walk in your life, but if you're aware of the power of self-perception, it, it's a helpful thing to understand that life unfolds for you according to your perception, not only of life and God, but of yourself. Because if every day of your life you say, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, it becomes your mantra, it becomes your song, life is bad, I am miserable, though then life is going to unfold for you in loss and misery. That's how life will unfold according to your perception. And maybe somebody labeled you with that. And maybe somebody was, was harsh with you. And maybe somebody treated you badly. 
when you were a little child and, and you, you have this negative self-perception. But I want you to know how powerful that is in your life. There's a story in the Bible about people who perceive themselves against the backdrop of the promise of God. They perceive themselves as small and unable. They said, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And because of that, life did not unfold into promise for them. There's a story in the Bible about all of the mighty men hiding in caves and being afraid and, and, uh, and they were losing every day and the kingdom was falling into reproach every day. But it's because of how they saw themselves until a young man stepped out and said, is there not a cause? Until a young man stepped out and he said, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I am coming to you in the name of the Lord see you see it matters how you perceive yourself and so when God comes to the man Gideon the angel says Gideon thou mighty man of valor and Gideon immediately begins to crawfish he immediately begins to say oh, you got the wrong address you got the wrong number I'm the wrong guy the smallest guy, smallest house, smallest tribe, insignificant, very little. I'm just here, I'm just here getting a little bit of something to get by, a little bit of something. I want to tell you, stop in the middle of that. I want you to know that God came, that you could have life and that more abundantly. He doesn't want you to just get by. He doesn't want you to be hiding, shaking out a little bit. He wants you to have life and and that in abundance. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise God. And even if your heart condemns you. And even if your heart condemns you. They know the word God is greater than your heart. So I'm talking to somebody today, I know that I am, and you've been wounded, and you feel insecure, and you feel backward, and you don't think life is ever going to unfold for you like it does for other people, but that's your heart condemning you. I've come to tell you today that God is greater than your heart, and he knows everything. Somebody say praise God. I know a man... I know a man that he was brutalized by his father, terrorized by his father. Won't get into all that. Just tell you that he was gutted. He was harassed and harried and insulted and demeaned by a man that was supposed to be his strength. Dad, you've got lots of power. One of the greatest epidemics in the culture, in the North American culture today, is fatherlessness. And fatherlessness is associated with prison time and drug use and violence and early death. And any, any negative marker in the culture is always associated with fatherlessness. You don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar to get that. 
We need dads to stand up in the house and be godly dads. I love mama, but God never intended for anything to be a matriarchal culture. He doesn't intend for the church to be matriarchal. He doesn't intend for the house to be matriarchal. Now, mama, if you're doing it all by yourself, go. God's with you. And you can do it and you can carry it. But this young man was eviscerated by his own father from the time he was just a toddler. And his mom and dad came into church when these children were in their teens. And he was an angry young man. And he had to be there, but he sat there like that and he was recalcitrant. And he was angry and he was bound up. And he came to church because they made him come to church. An angry, malicious dad made a run at it, but you know, it's hard to live for God when you're angry and malicious. I got the joy, 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 joy. Really hard to do that when you're at your children all day long. Yeah, you're, you're standing in church. I got the joy, 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 joy. And the kids are like, who is that? <laughs> this was not a uh, news bulletin. This is not made to be lived at church in the walls. This is made to be lived on the street and in your home and with your babies. You want to be a preacher? Preach to your children every day by your lifestyle. Yes, so he came to church, but it didn't do him much good. But he had a tether, and later on it would serve him well. And because this is what angry young men do, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong things. And he wound up on the wrong side of the law. And the night that they were going to pick him up, he was scared. He needed to be scared. And they called, and he asked me what he should do. And I said, you got to turn yourself in tonight. Because when you run, bad things happen. And those police officers are doing their job, but son, that's not a place you want to be on the bad side of that. And so he came that night... And we put him down as a long, lanky, young adult down in the water in Jesus' name. It's amazing how a little trouble will rip all the facade away. And I don't care what the circumstances, when you're ready to be baptized, we'll baptize you. Because you need it and because God will make it right. And he got the Holy Ghost in the baptistry. And we took him straight down and turned him in. And he went into lockup because there was no bail. I taught him for a year through the little window with the chicken wire in it. If you're familiar with those kinds of things, over the little black phone, taught him a Bible study for a year. I was a regular feature coming in with my Bible study chart and my Bible and going up. And we would sit and we would have Bible study. And then, and then the trial came after the year because he was, in, it, he was locked up for a year before the trial came. 
And then at the trial, he was convicted, sentenced. And then he was gone to the state pen for the rest of what is a five-year hitch. Are we having church up there? If we are, that's okay. Somebody pray her through. And so when he's in the five-year stretch, when he's in the five-year stretch in the state penitentiary, he is a little bit out of my range. I couldn't go every week. He's too far away. But I bought him books, and I would send the books, and I would send the studies, and I would make it all available to him. I made information available to him because he was in formation. And, uh, and at the end of a five-year hitch, and I'm telling you, it was miraculous, he got out. Today, today, he's in the house at New Life. Today, he's got a beautiful little wife on his arm, and he's got two precious little boys in tow with him. And that's not supposed to happen because the recidivism rate is over, is almost 80%. That's not supposed to happen because his dad was a bad dad, but he's a good dad. That's not supposed to happen because he's got this wonderful little happy family and you wonder where that came from. It came from the fact that fate doesn't carve out your destiny, but that you make decisions for God and God opens the door to your destiny and you can be anything God has called you to be and you can have anything God's called you to have and you can go anywhere God's called you to go. Somebody say amen. My God, you ought to shout a little bit about that. If you're on your way, if you're on your way to promise right now, you ought to shout. If you're on your way into victory right now, you ought to shout. If life is unfolding, not like the enemy said, but like God said, you ought to give God some praise right now. This gentleman has a successful business, and I mean, it is opening up for him. And every week, he funds outreach, and he pilots an outreach program, and he's making a difference in the house of God and in the city of Birmingham. And I want you to know God is the author and the finisher. But you've got a lot to do with your own story. God won't overwrite you. But God will let you hold the pen. And God will let you begin to write your own story. Jacob understands self-fulfilling prophecy. Jacob, Jacob is a man that, that understands that a name can be hung around your neck. Jacob was named deceiver 
supplanter. Because before he ever emerged from the womb, he reached out and he caught his brother's heel. So they named him heel grabber, Jacob, overthrower, deceiver. And in the story, he turned out to be a liar and a cheat. And he was a lot of things. But you know what his redemption was? He wanted the things of God. He wanted the promise of God. And I'll tell you, don't, I'm not worried about your sin today. I'm worried about your desire. Because if you have a heart for the things of God, God will take care of all the sin. God can wash your sins away. God can forgive all your sins. But if you've got a heart for God, friend, God can use that. He can take you places. He can change your heart. Jacob knows about name changes because his granddaddy in the beginning was called Abram. But way out on the edge, beyond human capacity, beyond human uh, imagination, God changed his name to Abraham, father of many nations. He changed his name to that before he had children. He changed his name to that before he had the promise. I want you to know here today, God can change your name. God can change your destiny. God can change your direction. Jacob knows about this because Jacob is bound up with God one night and won't let God go. And that may seem strange to you, but because you have that awesome will and free moral agency, you can bind God up. You can bind. God said, let me go. And Jacob said, I, I won't let you go till you bless me. I'm not going to take a detour off into that. But you better let God go. You better let God be God. You better... You better not use your will to bind God from what he wants. In that, in that wrestling match, Jacob, the liar, the cheater, the deceiver, the heel grabber, was changed to Israel. Power with God. Jacob knows about a name change. And so when the love of his life is dying, when Rachel is giving birth to her last son, Benjamin. As he is being born, the nursemaid, the midwife, she says, you're going to have this son. He, she was saying, your son's going to be all right, but the ominous unspoken was she was going to die. And so she breathed one of her last breaths and named him a name that had to do with this tragic event. She named him Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. But Jacob, newly minted Israel, came in and he said, veto that. We are not gonna hang that around this kid's neck. I know what it's like 
to have something like that hung around my neck. Loser, weak, never going to succeed, not worth my time. Whatever your mama, whatever your daddy told you, whatever the culture around you said, Jacob said, we're not going to hang that around the neck of this boy, but I'm going to name him Benjamin, which means he's the strength of my right hand. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And so there's a Jacob to help Benjamin and deliver him, but there's really nobody there for Jabez. Nobody there to change Jabez's name. I I want you to know something today, though. You may have grown up under a shadow, and you may have that shadow still resident in your spirit, but you don't have to extend that to your babies. You can say, this stops right here. This stops at my door. My babies are going to be loved. My babies are going to be nurtured. We're not going to be hiding from shadows. We're not going to be blaming everybody else. If we're poor, we're going to be happy in God. We're not going to be looking for somebody else to blame. Somebody say praise the Lord. So here's the truth. Truth is, you're made in God's image. The truth is, God came to earth in a human body to redeem us from our sins. The truth is, God thought you were worth dying for. God stepped down out of heaven and came down to take your place on a cross. You ought to give him a little bit of praise right now just for that. The truth is, you're unique. Nobody like you. Nobody with your DNA. Nobody with your fingerprint. God has a unique destiny in his mind for you. God has a plan for your unique experience. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Don't ever say, I just want to be like everybody else. You do not. You want to be as God sees you. The truth is, you have a destiny. The truth is, God came so that you can have life more abundantly. The truth is, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The truth is, God has given you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. The truth is, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And the truth is that his kingdom can come to earth as it is in heaven. And the truth is his will can be done here as it is in heaven. Clap your hands, lift your voice, magnify him. Hallelujah. If you got it, If you don't, you need to get it. You people are dangerous. Y'all turn a wedding reception into a hot church service. It doesn't take much. Throw a match on this. My, my. But nobody was there to intervene for Jabez. And sometimes 
It's like that. Sometimes you're waiting for someone else to come. And they're not going to be there. But this is you. This is your circle. This is your destiny. And you might have a you might have a benefactor, but you may not. You may have a deliverer, but you may not. But in the circle of you, God has given you everything that you need to make your way into the promise of God. He's already nailed it down. He already died on the cross. He already poured out the Holy Ghost. He already gave the good word of God. And friend of mine, if you'll stand in what God has given. So the suggestion is, is that Jabez is going to bring sorrow. And that's a sad template for his life. But the text says he was surprisingly more honorable than his brethren. You would think he'd be beat up a little bit and be the low achiever. I mean, after all, that's how they wound him up and sent him out. Something's different about Jabez. Maybe he has decided within himself that he is not fated, that his mom's pronouncement is not going to be his destiny. Maybe he's decided not to be bitter and resentful and jealous and mean. Maybe he decided to be otherwise. I don't know if you folks do generational curses or not. But I want you to understand that he that the Son has made free is free indeed. And there's no Grigri, and there's no voodoo, and there's no hoodoo, and there's no witchcraft, and there's no spell, and there's no, my daddy was a drunk, so I've got to be a drunk, and there's no, it's always been in my family like this, and so it's going to be like that on me, but I don't believe it because a curse can make its way through the blood. Are you helping me or telling me it's time? That's good, because it ain't time just yet. All curses stop at the cross. I want you to shout that right now. All curses stop at the cross. My family was poor, I'm gonna be poor. All curses stop at the cross. My family was bad, I'm gonna be bad. All curses stop at the cross. Whatever your family was, all curses stop at the cross. If you can see it, you can walk in it. If you can see it, picture a table with children around the table and family around the table. You may never have had that, but you can have it. Somebody say, I can have it. Standing righteous and forgiven 
and clean in the house of God. Yes. Somebody shout, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. New creature. All things are made new. All things are passed away. My God, right there is where you need to shout a little bit. All my old things are passed away. When the devil comes, you tell him, no, that was an old thing. But that old thing is passed away. My, my, mighty God. Praise God. So Jabez has a different idea. He calls upon God to our Vista friend today, to our backslider friend today. It's a good day to call upon God. You can change your trajectory today. You can change your destiny today. You can have all your past washed away and under the blood today. You can have the Holy Ghost filling you up like a river of living water today. Somebody shout today. He calls on God and he says, God, I need you to bless me. You see, I've been given a destiny. I've been labeled and I've had a little script written out, told my, what my world, my life was going to be like. But God, I'd like it to be different. I don't want it to be the way the devil said it was going to be. I don't want it to be the way my mama said it was going to be. I don't want it to be the way my fear says it's going to be. God, if you can hear me, I need your help. And he said, bless me indeed. Praise God. Right now, we're not calling you to the altar. Right now, if you want God to change your direction, your destiny, your trajectory right now, I want you to just lift up your hands and say, God, I don't want it to be the way that they said it had to be. I don't want it to be the way that they planned it for me. I don't want it to be the way hell has said it would be. God, I want it to be different. I want it to be like you see it, God. Bless me. Indeed. Jabez doesn't stop there because I want you to have your sins forgiven and I want you to be redeemed. But I don't want you to have your sins forgiven and be redeemed and then live like you're not a child of promise. Jabez said, Jabez said, Lord, while you're at it, Enlarge my coast. I know I'm the kid of sorrow. But God, you, you own everything. And as long as I'm here in this dialogue with you, and the logos is moving, and you can do anything, God, I want you to expand my life. He doesn't give details about it. 
He leaves that up to God. He just says, God, I know you're able to do this. If you want a bigger life, if you want life more abundantly, if you're tired of dragging around where you've been dragging around, let me tell you, God is all over the earth today. His eye is in the earth looking to show himself strong. He's looking for a Jabez today. He's looking for somebody in Fort Myers that'll say, God, I don't want it to be like it's always been. I don't know how to get there, but I want you to enlarge my coast. Would you lift up your hands and do that right now? God, give me that more abundant life. God, enlarge my life. God, I don't even know what that looks like because nobody in my family history has ever had that. But God, you know what that looks like and you're able to do that, oh God. I don't have much vision because my vision has been restricted all of my life. But I want you to make it bigger. I can't see it out there, God, but you're able to. You know what he did with Abraham? He drug Abraham out of his little house, his little house of the familiar, out under the stars. That's how big God wants to make his plan in your life. And he says, put your hand upon me. It's like, I, I'm not, it's not in the story, but I'm getting a clear indication that he didn't have an Abraham to lay his hand on him and pray for him. And he didn't have an, an Isaac to lay his hand on him. Somewhere along the line, he not only was saddled with a title, but I think he missed a lot of nurture. And he said, God, while we're at it, could you lay your hand on me? And we're not getting the second half of that conversation. But at the end of this, God grants him everything that he asks for. He said, keep me from evil. I don't know how. It's not in my family culture. It's not in my neighborhood Everybody's evil all the time, every day. But God, I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to be like everybody around me. I don't want to be causing sorrow everywhere I go. God, can while we're doing this business, God, can you keep me from evil? I know, I know I've been labeled, but he said, help me not to grieve. And the word grief there is synonymous with sorrow. Help me not to be the child of sorrow. Help me. Help me rise above the expectations. Help me rise above the labels. Help me to rise above all of these things that have said it never could be. And, and I know life has suffering. And I know we're all going to bleed and we're all going to bruise. And ultimately we're all going to die. But don't let that define me. I know it's going to be like that some days, but don't let that dominate me. I know there's darkness. I'm not a child. But let me rejoice in light.
I know there's death and I know there's graveyards, but let me rejoice in life because that's a choice. That's a choice. And with all the bad things and all the negatives, you can stop today and you can build yourself a nice memorial to that and spend the rest of your life right there. But I'm telling you, I don't care where you came from, what your name is, how they treated you. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what the devil has said. And it doesn't matter to this point how it's been working. I want you to know God has another plan for your life today. Praise God. Now the altar's open. You may have a cultural imprint. You may have a genetic predisposition. You may come from a long, fine line of alcoholism and poverty and drug abuse and witchcraft and all kinds of things. I know you've been told about it, and I know you've been tagged and you've been labeled, but it just doesn't have to be that way. Somebody needs to stand up in the middle of your label, in the middle of your curse, and say, it ain't going to be that way. And come down to this altar and begin to do business with God and just pray Jabez's prayer. God, help me not to be what they've labeled me. God, I didn't have anybody there, but you lay your hand on me. God, I know they already wrote the script, but God, I want you to overwrite. God, I want you to write on my heart and my mind and my life today. God, I know they said I'd be dead by this time, but God, give me life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. Church, you need to pray right now. Somebody's in a place they've never been in before. Somebody's in a place and they don't know how to respond. If you're sitting near somebody that's a guest, just ask them, would you like me to go with you down to the altar? Could I pray with you right now? Could I help you right now find your way to God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, you can have a loving relationship. Come on, you can have a robust experience in God. Come on. You can have, you can have all the promise of the Word of God. Come on. Take a chance on God. See what God can do. I will be what you've called me to be. Come on, God's got a plan. God's got a destiny.
Come on, that's it. Somebody press just a little bit deeper this morning. Come on, God's changing your identity right now. Somebody, while your hands are lifted right now, God is speaking a new name over your life. Somebody, while your voice is lifted, God is speaking a, a new future over you right now. Somebody, while your hands are lifted, God's opening a new door for you right now. Somebody, while your hands are lifted, uh, God's giving you fresh vision right now. Uh, come on. Uh, yes, Jesus. Yes to your will, God. Uh, yes to your way, God. Yes. 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 Uh, 